This is a more than just podcast production. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to three, episode 352 of the Morton Just Go podcast. I'm just doing a solo show here to catch you up on a few things that we've been working on uh, over the last couple of months. And um, one of the obvious things, I think we, we talked about this on the last episode of the podcast, and that is that uh, everybody's moving over to Mastodon, it seems. Um, Hive is another option, but I had a look at Hive yesterday or the other day, and uh, it's not for me. There's too much, uh, too much uh, weird stuff going on over there. I think it's a little not safe for work kind of content. Um, but uh, so there's a big, big talk. Uh, our follow-up items here are related to Mastodon. Um, yeah, so I joined uh, Mastodon in 2017 when I saw Jay Freeman do a keynote speech at uh, 360iDev. And uh, he mentioned, you know, he was talking about a bunch of different things that we should all be kind of aware of. And one of them was that Mastodon was sort of an up-and-coming um thing to get involved in. So what I've got here in, in the show notes is uh, there's an official guide to, uh, let me just, uh, maybe I'll share my screen one sec. We have a uh, number one link here is from Fedi Tips, and this is kind of a cool site. It's listing all kinds of different, uh, let me just move myself out of the way here, uh, all kinds of uh, tips and stuff like that on what is Mastodon, um, how do you join, how do you set up a server if you need to set up a server. So there's a couple of things about Mastodon that, that uh, I've been talking to people about last couple of weeks, and there's a bit of confusion, I think, amongst one of my friends. So uh, let me set you straight what I know about it. Uh, that is that... Um, it, it, you you can set up a server if you want. You can also join a server with a small group of friends, and you can keep sort of a small community, and you can you can um, decide who comes and who joins and that kind of stuff. You can have a you can have a, a server with one person with yourself on it, and if you wanted. Generally, I find so far it's been mostly harmless in terms of joining. I I joined uh, the first uh, one of the first servers uh, when it came up, but I don't think you can join that one anymore. But very quickly, you can you can search around. There's a few other places you can find them. There's a video here by um, on uh, Mastodon here as well. Yeah, this one here, the second one. Um, how do you check on? How do you check out Mastodon? Uh, explaining sort of goes through the whole sort of thing. This is an older older video, but uh, but I still think it's it's worthwhile for you looking at. I'll give this guy a like because I've watched it before. And then uh, a couple of things here. Same. Uh, this is I found this for one of the people I was following on Mastodon link or had this LinkedIn early when I joined in. Mastodon tips, uh, 10 quick Mastodon tips. This is a quick one um, on how to, uh, you know, set up your your Mastodon instance um, and, you know, how to join and what good apps there are. Apps, well, I've tried MetaText. I'm currently using the Mastodon, um, the main Mastodon app. I haven't tried Toot or Tusky, but you can see here there's a couple of uh, apps there available. I'll have a link to this article in the show notes and, and also explains, you know, sometimes why you can't see other people and i'll tell you something it is it is a little interesting trying to find people uh, you can't just like insert in twitter you can just go in and hit search and put a person's name in or put a person's handle in uh, and you can find them but nine times out of ten it's it's pretty straightforward to find somebody um like you know uh you can see here if you go to my twitter profile i've put my mastodon handle here so you would go to mastodon.social slash dimitra to find me and uh that kind of stuff and and come on over it's the water's fine uh i really enjoy it um again another article here you know a brief less brief guide to it and this one's notes from data or from data which um 
you know, everything I know about Mastodon, was afraid to ask and that kind of stuff. Well, explain what the Fediverse is and that kind of thing. So yeah, there's plenty of places to find out what is going on with Mastodon um, and how to join up. So on the last uh, bit of follow-up I have here is uh, an article from Jean-Louis Gasset, who used to be the, um, I think he was like the the Europe, uh, Apple Europe manager kind of thing, uh, VP of Apple or president of Apple uh, Europe back in the day, back in early, early days. Um, but there's an interesting story here about uh, the iPad mystery, um, iPad um, sales in particular, you know, where I'm a big fan of the iPad and, you know, I got into iOS development because of the iPad. So um, big on that. But what's interesting about it is, is you can see from the couple of charts here that I've got on the screen, um, kind of been, you know, it's it's a, still a low percentage in terms of sales compared to Mac or iPhone. Um, uh, it's actually doing, you know, uh, almost it's doing worse than wearables are, you know, and home accessories. So. Uh, and you can see here that this is a chart of, of sales from, you know, where it kind of peaked in uh, the first quarter of 2014, and then it's kind of uh, dropping down, um, you know, quite a bit. It's still continuing to, to its decline in terms of that. So it's kind of a strange uh, creature. It's still, you know, as Steve Jobs, he's, he's quoted here, Steve Jobs saying that, you know, the iPad has to find a place between the Mac and the uh, and the, I, and the iPhone. Um, and there's a bit about... Uh, you know, he, uh, the question, you know, why uh, Tim Cook is still big on the iPad. Um, I, you know, I think it does have some future. Um, it's getting its, you know, butt handed to it by uh, the Microsoft service, obviously, but I'm still a big fan. I did at the, uh, I went to the Apple store a couple of times last, uh, last couple of weeks, and I got a chance to test drive the new keyboard folio, um, which you can see here on the, on the, um, I don't know what this one is, but on this one here over on the, um, that I'm highlighting. That one has function keys, and that was kind of cool. And it and it compared to the Magic, you know, I have the, I have the original Magic keyboard here. So you know, um, compared to this, um, the keys are much more responsive, uh, much nicer. The one thing I don't like about it is is you know that doesn't have the sort of you know floating in midair that that the you know the iPad, the current iPad Pro has, right? Um, so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, really, really nice keyboard, and I I really miss having function keys on my. Uh, on my iPad Pro, not so much, you know, I don't much, much miss, I don't, I mean, I'm not a, you know, shoot escape, escape key user, like I guess a lot of programmers are, but uh, that's one thing I find interesting. So that's, that's kind of where um, the state of the iPad is. I'm still a fan. Um, it's interesting that, you know, we talked about this before, this sort of, um, you could perceive it as fragmentation across the, the iPads. These are current iPads that are available. Uh, the 10th generation iPad we talked about on the last show that we had and, um, you know, iPad Pro, um, and you know, if you're, if you're just looking for an iPad to poke around the internet and just do stuff, you know, this is your mom's iPad over here, the ninth generation, you know, it's three, 329 US, um, about the same price in, in Canada today on, on, uh, with the, um, it's a bit around 400 and something, but I saw, I saw some, um, Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales for about 349. So your mileage will vary. And of course, yeah, I guess by the time this comes out, uh, uh, Cyber Monday will be over, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I would, I would keep an eye on Christmas time. I'm sure Apple will have another, another, uh, round of iPads available, but still, I'm still a big fan of the iPad. I think it does have a future in terms of, um, where things are going. Um, carrying on, we have, uh, the results are in from the Ray Winder, like state of the union, state of the, state of the Apple, uh, sphere. They, they took some time to, I don't know if you saw this, but they, they did a survey of, similar to what we've talked about on the show before, the result, you know, the mobile job survey. Not much meat to this particular result that they're presenting here. 
But, um, and by the way, sorry, did I say reorderlick.com? I should have said Codeco or Codeco.com. Uh, there's a big debate as to whether you say Codeco or Codeco, but uh, here we go. Um, so they had a survey um, and uh, listed off some of the things that are that are uh, important. And of course, you know, um, I don't know if you saw my talk, but there's a talk on, on um, YouTube where I talked about uh, getting a job in iOS environment. And uh, no surprise here that the majority of people responding to the survey are you and United States. Second, uh, probably somewhere between India and China, it looks like. Um, or sorry, India and Canada. So this is Canada, not China. Duh. And, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, 75% developers feel secure in their positions for long-term employment. And this is, of course, done before the last, uh, the um, big layoffs that happened in the last couple of weeks. We had uh, Meta, in case you missed it, had laid off 11,000 employees. You know, um, most of the companies that are dealing with advertising, it seems that are, are having a tough time. I think they kind of uh overestimated the demand that there would be at uh you know with with covid um maybe it's not over maybe it is over who knows but uh and then you know an interesting number here on uh the kind of things that people are and i talked about this in my in my my talk about the different kinds of stocks you get here and of course you know if mark was on the show he could explain all this to us but um you have restricted stock options seems to be the the biggest piece that 50 percent of the people get those what that is is you you're given the uh Given the right to buy um, stocks uh, when they when they become mature, um, a grant obviously a stock grant is something they're actually giving you uh, the equivalent of giving you cash or giving you stock. Um, incentive stock options are like uh, eleven seventeen percent here are similar to where you would you buy stock and they may you know match to a certain level uh, that kind of thing. So and then you know equity equity is like uh, I'm not a big fan of equity myself, but um, unless it's you know. <laughs> really going to take off which they all say they will but they they often don't um yeah and then you know salary over over um time i can't read this is too hard to objective c i don't know hmm. swift is sort of in the middle here it looks like c plus plus python are sort of on more on the higher sides why would it, that can't be objective c oh well i guess it is um who's who knew who knew people are still doing objective c Anyway, some more numbers on on there. But anyway, so have a look at the survey. Like I said, uh, we've done we've covered uh, surveys that are a bit more in depth than this one. Uh, so check that out. Uh, another interesting thing we talked about uh, the Apple Ultra, which I I have one. Love it. It's great. This is the always on display, and this is how bright it gets. Oops. I guess just let me just click on something here, so you can see. You know, it's not too big. Uh, it took a while to get used to the the um, the the weight of it, um, but otherwise, it's not that much bigger than in my existing phone. It's a little, a little you know, thicker. I like the fact that you know you can see that that it has you know the the no more rounded glass on the edge. I was worried about banging that on something. That said, I still got uh, Apple Care. But as you can see here, the the page I pulled up, um, you now have um, actual uh, action, uh, availability to the action action button. Uh, the action button, what it does, like on mine, I've got the default setting for mine set up. That when I tap it, it it uh, on something back here. When I tap it, it just goes right to my workout, which I think is great because I, you know, this is this for me was was the big thing because you know I immediately like can just just start a walk, boom, and then I'm off and running, you know, kind of thing, or off and walking actually. But uh, yeah, and then you know, so it's super nice to be able to do that from the action button. But that said, 
if you have an application that uh, you think you could use the action button for, you've got this this ability through uh, this newly released um, SDK um, piece for um, uh, yeah. Anyway, but you know you can you can start your intent and you can pause and whatever so that you can control things from the action button here. When I've got a walkout going on my or sorry a workout going on my uh, my watch, I push the button. It it does like an interval kind of thing. So if I'm doing laps or if I'm you know, walking a distance or whatever. It, it, for me, because I'm in Canada, it automatically does an interval at each kilometer. So I get one kilometer, two kilometers, three kilometers, however long my walk is kind of thing, right? So that is the um, Apple Watch action button. And then we have um, this interesting talk. I saw, I, again, this is something, the benefit of being on Mastodon. I found this article on Mastodon posted by Rob Whitaker. It's actually written by Shelley Brisbane wrote this article, and um, she is uh, visually impaired, and uh, but not blind, but visually impaired. And she talks about it's an interesting story, you know, like like. And I gotta I gotta take Apple to task on this one because you know they're always talking about how they're really into accessibility, and they're and and beyond. And be honest, yeah, they are. I mean, today, you know, they're they're they do put a lot of emphasis into accessibility. They had a whole like all of WWDC 2021 was all about accessibility and making your apps accessible. You know, whether it's, you know, dark mode or dynamic fonts or, um, you know, just being aware of the fact that that there's a large percentage, probably like 60% of the people out there, and that's, I'm just making that number up, but are have some sort of some sort of disability. And uh, whether it's hearing or visual or, you know, I'm wearing glasses, glass wearing glasses is a disability, believe it or not. You know, I use large fonts on my on my on my uh, my phone as well as my watch. But um this is an interesting story. It's 36 seconds that changed everything. When the iPhone first shipped, it was not accessible. It wasn't even on the, like, was it on the table? I don't know. But um, you basically, uh, if you, at the time, and I, I, I implore you to listen to her, to her, her talk, um, at the time it was really difficult for people who had visual impairments to use computers. Um, you had to Sometimes, and if you had a phone, you could have a flip phone or, or that kind of thing. But in order to do like screen reader kind of things, um, they used to have to pay even more than the computer to get a screen reader back in back in the day. Back this is 2010, 20 well, 20, 2007 when the um, iPhone came out. Basically, to them, it was a completely useless device because it you know, had a nice smooth screen and it felt really nice in your hand and that kind of stuff. But if you couldn't see it, you couldn't use it, right? So, and it wasn't until um, a few years later that, um, in 2009, that when Phil Schiller was doing the keynote because Steve was on a sick leave, um, he introduced uh, VoiceOver for the phone. VoiceOver was available on the Mac about a, uh, the year before, um, and it, it, you know, was great because now the, the Mac could read your screen to you kind of thing. Um, but so it wasn't until, uh, 2009 that, uh, they actually rolled out voiceover on the phone and that, that, and the thing is they, no slides is just, he just sort of said, by the way, we've added accessibility. We now have voiceover on the phone. And, and he basically took 36 seconds to explain, uh, what was going on, uh, with voiceover and, uh, accessibility. And now, you know, butter would melt in their mouth when they talk about accessibility. Again, I'm taking Apple to task on that one, I realize. But um, yeah, I mean, they they did it wasn't it was not an accessible device from the get go, which which I find um, personally shocking. But uh, and I really feel for the people who had to suffer through the two years. Can you imagine not being able being having the five hundred dollars but not being able to buy an actual device? That would have been really that would have been brutal. Talk about your FOMO. 
anyway, so yeah, definitely check out this 36, um, 36 seconds to change everything and how the iPhone learned how to talk, which is cool. And I got a couple of picks here. I've been amassing picks as we go. Um, this is one from Ricky Mondello. Uh, he posted this on Twitter, um, but it, he's, uh, it works for Apple, obviously, but, um, or maybe not obviously, but uh, this is a really cool, interesting demo on how you, I use two-factor two authentication with with one password. Uh, you can use it with LastPass as well, but you can now, um, you can now set up uh, two-factor authentication with your uh, phone, like with uh, with Safari kind of thing, uh, or with uh, with a keychain. Um, it goes through how to set it up here. Like for example, in the example here, they talk about you know if you want to you want to do your two-factor authentication for uh, Insta- Instagram, I almost said Instacart. Instagram, um, you basically go in here, you go into your settings, you click on the the more button or the the, the hamburger menu up here, go to settings. Um, and then you do security, two-factor authentication. I've already done this with with one password, but you could do this with with uh, um, using your your phone as um, as your two-factor authentication. Here, he's blurred out the stuff here, but yeah. Then and then, whenever you need to log into Instagram on a new device, your your Safari, your iCloud, your iCloud keychain becomes the uh, source of truth for your second-factor authentication. That's cool. This one is by Sean Allen, um, and uh, stop talking, Sean. Thanks. Um, goes through different uh, features of um, Xcode uh, on how to set up different views, um, and so quite a few cool things. Like uh, I can't remember what I learned from this one, but let's 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 quickly scan through this one. Quality of life, UI previews, which we talked about before. Uh, test flight feedback, um, default value. Oh, this is cool. Yeah, just default values in in um, Xcode. How it'll you know it'll automatically enter stuff in. And we talk. Uh, you may have seen this in other videos where things will come up like this. It'll short show you what um, it can suggest. But if you hold the option key down, it actually shows you a few more things that you can do. Um, yeah, so check out this this video. A lot of a lot of cool features uh, in here, um, like uh, how to set up. Uh, um, a defaults command so build times will always show up there's a way to do multiple um changes at the, at the same time um so when you're when you're uh ch- changing a variable it'll it'll change all over the place but he can you know for instance he could change he could you know highlight these and change them all to let's for example uh which would be kind of cool like and just you know taking the mouse and just dragging it over and selecting them multi-select kind of thing so yeah check out that video pretty cool uh always look always good to see uh some uh, cool um shortcuts and stuff like that um this one is cool i'm working right now i'm I'm working on a core data swift ui uh, application and um one of the biggest problems i have with a lot of tutorials out there is they they kind of cover off very simple core data app and where there's like one level well i mean a lot of times the whole power of core data is to use relationships between uh, multiple objects either one to one or one to many kind of thing like maybe you have a list and you have a list a bunch of records that are, that are connected to that list kind of thing so this is a really good um article from codeco notice i said it codeco this time by josh Steele, and uh he goes through core data explains uh in, in very plain terms uh how core data works how they you know the the um manage object contents and the persistent store manage object contents is kind of the mo- the, the object you keep floating around in your app and and you basically you tell it to save and it just you know saves this the stuff that you have it's not quite that simple but um talks about that and the persistent stores where you it kind of um 
where things go into into memory and then eventually get saved to to disk or memory or whatever it is you have in your in your your data store. So it goes through the whole sort of uh, how to make a model, you know, um, and uh, that kind of stuff. But what's cool about it is in the second part of the sh- the course, yeah, beyond the basics, this is where he talks about relationships between objects and. Um, this is a really cool one because uh, you can, he goes through um, creating like, a, you know, he creates a bunch of, like he's using rocket launches as, as an example here. And so he's um, displaying the launches and then creating lists and then attaching the launches to the lists. And I was stuck in my, in my thinking on my core data app. I was coming at it from the point of view of, of being an old, uh, old school web, you know, uh, relationship. I've worked with FileMaker Pro. I've worked with databases my whole computing career. So I have a sort of way of thinking about it. And um, I was approaching it uh, kind of wrong because the way they walk through this course is, is has taught me a bunch of different things about how I'm perceiving uh, and how I'm working through the, the app. So um, definitely check this guy out. Um, and then, you know, you get into the third piece, the third uh, course, which is, where is it here? Uh, but anyway, uh, it goes through how to delete objects. Oh, maybe it's part of this one. Hang on. Uh, yes, deleting, um, cutting different kinds of dealing rules, how to delete lists. I mean, cause now if you, if you have a simple table, like a simple list of, of, or, or a bunch of objects and you delete one, it goes away. It's magic. You know, the core data is really good at doing that kind of stuff. The thing about core data, if you're familiar with CRUD, you know, create, reuse, or create, create, read, update, and delete. Um, in other languages, you generally have to write all that stuff out yourself. And what I've always liked about core data is just kind of does it for you. If you want to delete something, it goes, okay, I'll delete it. And if you want to, you know, uh, save something or update it, it, it kind of, it'll go through and kind of do that for you too. Kind of magically in, in, you don't really need to know about it. But as I said before, the first part of the course is really good at explaining that to you. Really good course. I highly recommend this if you're if you're thinking about core data or you want to work with core data and of course, core data and Swift UI, which is, which is kind of the new thing. Because I mean, at, at the end of the day, Core Data is an Objective C um, language framework, um, and so working between uh, um, it, it does a really good job explaining between Swift UI and, and Objective C how to get them how to get them to work, how to get the interoperability working, which is kind of cool. So that's that, and then a uh, couple of th- couple of things happen- coming up. Um, New York Swifty is a new uh, iOS Swift based conference coming up in New York City. The link here is NY Swifty. Not much going on there right now. They're just still setting up shop, um, but that's coming in the next uh, in 2023. Uh, a little bit more um, substance is the Deep Dish Swift conference in Chicago. And that's April 30th to May 2nd. Um, and they're, both of these are still are in the process of, of calling for papers if you want to, or calling for presenters if you want to present. Um, but yeah, they're both. So if you're looking for a Swift conference to go to to replace the, gut, the gap that 360i dev has left in our lives uh, and you're going to go something in the United States, then definitely check out New York Swifty or NY Swifty, or I'm assuming it's in New York, but NY Swifty, it's in New York. And uh, deep dish, uh, Swifty, deep dish Swift in uh, Chicago. And the last thing I've got here, and this is just came up. Uh, if you you do make that migration over to over to Mastodon, and you want to find out where some points of interest, this Fetty directory um, has a whole list of things you can look into on different kinds of things. So, like, for instance, let's go to computer and technology. You know, let's suppose you wanted to look at 8-bit computing or what have you. Let's see, Linux. Um, we've got uh, voice over IP, UI, UX. Uh, 
smartphones, technology, software development. Let's go there. Um, and these are all the sort of uh, people that are interesting to follow on the various um, places and how to find them on, as I said before, like, you know, this guy's at gamedev.place, this guy's at Mastodon Social, how to find people related to the uh, subject matter. I wonder if I'm on here. <laughs> but uh, you uh, can find that anyway. So yeah, check that out. So that's Fetty directory. And uh, I'll have a link in the show notes for that one too. So until I'm going to have a, an interview coming up um, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully before Christmas, that'll be out. And uh, we'll basically see you guys the next time that Apple does a um, image, a you know, uh, an event of some type. Um, we were expecting an iPad one, but we just got, uh, we didn't get a, an event per se. Um, but I would think that something's coming up in the spring, which is usually when we expect to see something from Apple. And, uh, otherwise if I can get Mark and Jaime back on the show for any reason, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have another, uh, round table as we normally do. So until next time, my name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine, also on Mastodon.social. You can find me on, you can also find me on YouTube at, uh, youtube.com slash Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A again. And until next time, we'll see you in the future. Oh, and if you're, you know. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to you know, mash the uh, like and subscribe thing, whatever, you know, I need more people to subscribe, definitely. And um, check out Spotcast if you haven't already. I, I Last episode uh, of uh, More Than Just Code, I put a preview episode of Spotcast up there for you guys. So uh, if you're missing Jaime and myself, I highly recommend that you come over and check out um, Spotcast. We don't just talk about Star Trek, we talk about... Um, we talk about uh, Marvel, we talk about Disney, we talk about uh, Apple, we talk about Star Wars, a lot of Star Wars. And uh, we talk about, um, we sometimes talk about code, in fact, we even talk about some of the issues that, that you know, cross over between TV and streaming and uh, the more than just code world. So every now and then you'll hear Jaime sort of mention this show. So thanks for listening and uh, yeah, we'll see you in the future. Okay, bye. This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fireside.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends, leave a comment on the website, or write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, so use the hashtag AskMTJC and we may mention you on the show. Friends of the show can also join us on the podcast Slack channel. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast. Please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on patreon.com slash MTJC. Every dollar pledged helps a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.